Welcome to this session of the Europe Gathering in Oslo, Norway. I'm so happy to welcome you all. And just for my Norwegian viewers, Velkommen til Europasamlingen denne middagstund her i Oslo i Norge. Today is a historic gathering for our movement, European Apostolic Leaders. Det er en historisk samling for vår bevegelse. For the first time I know of, we have five distinguished ambassadors on the same podium in an evangelical Pentecostal Christian meeting addressing issues of great importance in our society today. Første gang som jeg vet i våre sammenhenger, hvor vi har fem ambassadører, erverdige ambassadører, som tar for seg viktige spørsmål for våre samfunn i vår verden i dag. We're going to discuss the importance of religion in their nations and around the world. The significance of it, as well as challenges for religion. And frankly, I've given them all pretty free hand to share from their hearts, to say actually whatever they want to say. That's how we actually do it when we're Pentecostal Christians. We don't really like too much of a manuscript. <laughs> Eric Solheim, you know everything about that. Of course, you've spoken in many of such meetings. Um, so the five distinguished ambassadors, in order not of importance, but alphabetically from the English alphabet, uh, who will be addressing us here in Studio 28, as well as on television live on TV Vision Norway, Sweden, and many of the nations of Europe and beyond. First, and I say, although I would love to say it's the most important because I've been twice in Egypt within the last year. And uh, uh, my wife, Aina, and our baby, Selma, have been so blessed to be with the Ramadan family so many times, even with our baby. Uh, Ambassador Am Ramadan, we're not going to ask you up yet, but please stand up. Let's give Ambassador Amar Ramadan of Egypt a great hand. And then again, maybe soon the most populous nation in the world, from the great nation of India, another great ambassador who we have also learned to dearly love is Dr. B. Bala Bashkar of India. Give him a big hand. And the third, another man that I personally, I've grown to dearly love. And maybe it's not very politically correct to say that in our days, but the man who introduced me to him is the ambassador of Russia, Temuraz Ramishvili. So Dr. Todun uh, Mulya Lubis of the great nation of Indonesia. And then another man that we also, you know, uh, I, I happen to love all these men. So that's the way it is, you know. I mean, I'm talking about Christian love, you know. Not, it's nothing more than that. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> is the ambassador of the great nation of Kazakhstan, where I visited for the first time in 2003 and had a glorious time there as well. Ambassador Yerkin Akinjanov. <laughs> Welcome. 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 
And then I must say my favorite Norwegian ambassador, favorite Norwegian politician, he's a socialist and I'm not, but I don't care. <laughs> because this man, I love him, and I think actually he can't help. He loves me as well. So Eric Solheim. <laughs> <laughs> and through uh, Eric, I've gotten to know several, uh, uh, both of these ambassadors and others. So that's amazing to know each other and the trust that you show me. So uh, again, we will uh, try to do uh, a little bit translation, but not a very heavy translation, because a lot of Norwegians understand uh, English. But you have to give a gist of it. And uh, so we'll try to do a balance of that. And I would like to the floor, Ambassador of the Arab Republic of Egypt, Amr Ramadan. Please welcome him. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And I'm very proud to be with you today. And, uh, jag önskar dig en väldigt fruktbar och fint möte. Och igår kväll när jag kikade för att se vad slags bemärkningar jag ville bringa fram i detta möte. Och då kom jag över titeln för detta session som är betydningen och friheten för religion. So I thought there is a word missing, so I called Pastor Torp. I said, significance of what? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I thought there was a word missing, so I called Pastor Torp and asked him what the meaning of it He said the significance of religion and freedom of religion. And he said the significance of religion and And this is actually the first time I'm 59 years old. First time I see the word significance of religion. Oh, yeah, 59 years old. That's the first time I've seen the word significance of religion. So I googled it. So I googled it. And it was interesting what the internet is full about definitions or description, to be more specific, about freedom of religion, about significance of religion. Det er interessant å se at internet er fullt av beskrivelser av betydningen av religion. But basically, there are five points that I found. I go very quickly on them, not to waste your time. Aller mest er det fem grunnleggende poenger som jeg vil bringe. Giving meaning and purpose to life. Det er å gi mening og hensikt med livet. Reinforcing social unity and stability. Etablere sosial stabilitet. Serving as agent of social control of behavior. Og tjenestgjøre som redskaper for sosial kontroll og avferd. Promoting physical and psychological well-being. Og det å fremme fysisk og psykologisk velvære. And finally, motivating people to work for positive social change. Og til slutt å motivere mennesker til å arbeide for positiv sosial forandring. So I guess with the complexity of today's world, Så jeg regner med at i den komplekse verden vi lever i, These main and other description or definition are very important. Så regner med at disse fem beskrivelser er veldig viktige. So I don't need to dwell on the significance of religion. It's very obvious. Jeg trenger ikke å dvele ved betydende religion, for det er ganske opplagt. 
And also there is around 85% of the world population uh, are affiliated to one religion or belief. Som lag 85% av världens befolkning är tillknutet en eller annan religion. We are talking about 7.9 billion people, almost 8 billion people. Vi snackar om 7,9 miljarder människor, nästan 8 miljarder. So 85% of those are uh, religiously affiliated. Så so 85% av dem är tillknutet religion. We have like uh, 32% Christians, uh, 24% Muslims. Vi har 32% kristna, uh, 20, 24. 24. 24% muslimer. And only 0.2% uh, uh, Jews. Och bara 0,2% jöder. Uh, while we have uh, 15% Hindus. Vi har 15% Hindu. And around 7% Buddhist. Och 7% omlag buddhister. And around 15-16 remain uh, uh, unaffiliated. Och så är det 15-16% som inte har någon tillknytning. So uh, over the uh, next four decades, uh, Christian will remain the largest religious group, but så, Islam will grow faster than any other major religion. Så efter de nästa 40 år så kommer kristendomen att förbli den största, men Islam växer raskare. If current trend continue, so hvis, by 2050, hvis de samma trenden fortsätter, så vill vi in 2050. The number of Muslims will nearly equal the number of Christians around the world. Så vill kanske antalet muslimer vara det samma som antal kristna omkring världen. Why I'm saying these figures because reality suggests that followers of different religions should respect one another. Grunden att det kommer detta är att framöver så bör de olika religioner respektera varandra. If they want to live in peace and avoid historical wars yes. and destruction. Visst de vill leva i fred och undgå historisk krig och ödeläggelse. Yes. Unfortunately part of what we see in today's world has to do with the lack of this respect. Om oheligvis så är en del av det vi ser i världen idag detta med mangel av respekt. We need to work towards fostering global integration uh, when it comes to religion. Vi tränger och fostrar fram global integrering uh, när det gäller religioner. We have a serious issue also of north-south divide uh, in integration. Vi har också en allvarlig fråga runt nord-syd skille i mellan religioner. Uh, I just want also to to touch today if you allow me sure. on, on an issue that governments and other actors uh, should also reconsider allowing anti-religion anti uh, rallies uh, in general. Ja, att regeringen bör inte uh, lägga till rätta för antireligiösa uh, folkmöter. Uh, either they are organized under the pretext of freedom of expression. Enten så organiseras det under uh, 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 skjul av uh, yttrandefrihet or other uh, factors. Eller andra faktorer. We have seen in the past and in, in other countries the repercussion of this policy unleashing tensions among the communities. Vi har sett tidigare och i vår tid att detta skapar spänningar mellan befolkningen. Especially when these protesters are not aimed at other fellow citizens. Speciellt när de som protesterar inte är rättet emot andra medborgare. But at the holy religion with some with more than 1.9 followers. Men mot den heliga religion som har 1,9 miljarder miljarder. That is a quarter of the world population. Det är en kvart av världens befolkning. Yes. I always uh, think that how can a sensible official or politician yeah. allow ripping pages from the Quran 
for eksempel? Jeg har alltid tenkt at hvordan kan fornuftige politikere tillate å rive ut i stykker sider fra Koranen? In such a disrespectful and provocative scenario. På en slik disrespektfull og provoserende scenario. This shameless and disgraceful event or act. Denne skamlige eller uverdige handling eller hendelse. Can't be in any way perceived as freedom of expression. Kan ikke på noen måte oppfattes som frihet for ytringer. Especially when it comes from non-Muslims. Spesielt når det kommer fra ikke-muslimer. Who do not believe in the Quran in the first place. Som ikke tror på Koran i det hele tatt. There is nothing in there to express an opinion. Det er ikke noe der som man behøver å si noe mening om. Actually, such cheap acts infringe on other rights as the right to freedom of religion or belief. Som billige handlinger og rokke ved andres rettigheter som frihet i religion. Where individuals either alone or in community. Enten det er individer eller samfunn. With others and in public or private. Enten i fellesskap med andre eller i offentlig eller private sammenhenger. Are allowed to manifest their religion or belief in teaching. De er tillatet å manifestere sin religion og tro gjennom undervisning. Practice, worship and observance. Tilbedelse og observering. There is no right in international law that protesters insult, that allow protesters to insult and provoke others. Det er ingen rettigheter i internasjonal lovgivning som tillater de som protesterer å fornærme andres tro. Kan vi imagine i en muslim country at rallies er permittet til å rippe pages fra eller burne den Bibelen eller den Koranen eller den Taura? Kunne vi forestille oss i et muslimsk land at det var lover som tillot å rive ut sider og brenne ut sider fra Bibelen eller Toran? Men ikke forresten, det vil aldri skje. Fordi muslimer tror på både Bibelen og Taurat. Fordi vi som muslimer tror på både Bibelen og Koranen. One would imagine if a group of people or immigrants in a western country requested a permission to organize a demonstration where the flag of gays and lesbians to be burned. Vi skulle tillate en demonstrasjon hvor flaggene til lesbiske og homofile skulle brennes. Would that permission be granted? Ville man få tillatelse til det? Or even nowadays to organize a demonstration against the extrajudicial sanctions on Russia. Eller i vår tid å ha demonstrasjoner imot sanksjoner mot Russland. And how it affects the whole world. Hvordan det berører hele verden. Including the poor in countries outside Europe. Til og med også krigende nasjoner utenfor Europa. So frankly speaking in every country there are specific topics or action and behaviors that are being criminalized and punished by law. Så i flere land så er det handlinger og ord som blir kriminalisert ved lov. Så det er begrensninger for ytringsfriheten. Når det gjelder visse temaer. For eksempel dette med holocaust. Xenofobi. Og andre visjoner som trenger en helhetlig visjon. There is also ruling by the European Court in October 2018 on a similar case in Austria. En dom ved menneskerettighetsstolen i Strasbourg om en slik handling i Østerrike. 
Uh, let me now turn. I don't want to take much of your time because uh, I have a habit of talking too long. And, <laughs> and I was worried to, to keep on, on time. <laughs> but let me now turn to freedom of religion, which Men, is the second part of the topic of, of this session. And I would like to speak about Egypt uh, uh, because this is the area where I'm more comfortable speaking about. <laughs> <laughs> and let me first assure you that the Egyptian state has been committed to strengthen national unity as a step for further progress and development. Och jag försäkrar dig om att Egypt har tagit steg för att styrka enheten av hela nationen för framgångens This is being achieved through the consolidation of the values of justice, equality and citizenship. Detta har varit gjort ved att konsolidera värdena av borgerskap och citizenship. Ja. The safeguarding of rights and freedoms for all citizens without discrimination. Sikre rettigheter og friheter for alle borgere uten diskriminering. The constitution in Egypt stipulates that freedom of belief is absolute. Grunnloven i Egypt fastslår at religionsfrihet er absolutt. Also, the Constitution guarantees the right to freedom of religious practices and the establishment of places of worship. Og grunnloven etablerer rettigheten til frihet for religiøse tilbedelsessteder overalt. Cops in Egypt are not considered to be a minority in the political sense of the word. Kopter i Egypt blir ikke regnet som en minoritet i den politiske sens av betydning av ordet. They are a main part of the society and enjoy their full rights as Egyptian citizens. De er en viktig del av samfunnet og har fulle rettigheter som egyptiske borgere. Either de facto in real life or de jure in the constitution. Enten de facto i det virkelige liv eller juridisk i domstolene. This fact of the cohesion in the social fabric Dette faktum i sammenhengen i den sosiale sammensetningen is the strength of the Egyptian society. Det er et styrke i det egyptiske samfunnet. Which helped to overcome several external challenges. Som hjelper oss til å overvinne mange ytre, eksterne utfordringer. And even more over than that, under the presidency of Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, since June 2014, there have been several improvements to administrative issues related to churches. Og så har det vært mange forbedringer hva gjelder administrative spørsmål for kirker. Building, restoration and renovation. Og gjenopprette og gjenoppbygge bygninger og så videre. If you allow me, I would like to touch on another point that sometimes you read in an article here or there. Nogle gange så læser man i artikler her og der. About the so-called conversion between Christianity and Islam. Og om dette med omvendelser mellem kristne og islam. It is normal that some Egyptians make the choice to change their faith. Det er normalt at en del egyptere tar valget om å endre religion. And it's entirely the right to do so. Og de har den fulle rett til å gjøre det. And there is no control by anyone over such a conversion. Det finnes ikke noe kontroll fra noen for en sånn omvendelse. Including parents, 
and family members. Inklusive foreldre og familiemedlemmer. So I don't see how some claim there is forced conversion. Jeg kan ikke skjønne hvordan det kan hevdes at det er påtvungne omvendelser. During last year, 2021, there has been several efforts at the national level to foster freedom of religion and belief and to promote religious freedom. That came also with the launching of the national strategy on human rights. Og dette kom også ved at det ble lansert en nasjonal strategi for menneskerettigheter. Unfortunately, time will not allow us today to go through these steps, but I would like very briefly to just mention the titles, and I'm ready to share with any of you after the session. Dessverre er det ikke tid til å gå gjennom alt, men vi gjerne deler hovedpunktene, og så er jeg veldig glad for å snakke med hvem en av dere heter på. First, we have the key achievement regarding legislative and legal frameworks. Also, first, have we then the hovedtingen, som gjelder religiøst rammeverk og religious framework, rammeverk og and. So, for example, we now have 38 Christian representatives in the House of Representatives. So now we have, for example, 38 Christian representatives in the Representatives' House. And we have 24 Christian senators in the Senate. And we have 24 Christian senators in the Senate. And when it comes to the National Council for Human Rights, it has six members, six Christian members out of 24 members. So, 25 members. Six Christian members out of 25 members. The second element is the development in the construction of places of worship. The other is when it comes to construction of temple. And the revival of religious heritage. And to rebuild religious heritage. There is law that was adopted, law number 80, in 2016. Regarding the construction and restoration of churches. Om genopbygging av kirker. I have many numbers here, but I will not go through them. But there has been a request to legalize about 5,415 churches. There has been a request to legalize about 5,416 Christian churches. And legalization of other 1,800 churches that were built without the license. Og 1800 til that do not have a license, som ikke var licensiert. All this process of legalizing and restoration and renovation is going on. All den legalisering og tilrettelegging for bygninger pågår hele tiden. The numbers I have is around 2162. Det er rundt 2162 som jeg har som et tal. Selvfølgelig er det blitt forsinkelser under koronas to år. Også når det gjelder jødiske steder i Egypt. Og det er respekt av for eksempel not just the worship places, but also cemeteries. Yeah, or respect, not only for temples, but also for gravelunder. The third factor of the national efforts is renewing the religious discourse and combating extremism. Or the third factor in the national plan is to renew the religious discourse, that is, the conversation and extremism. And to fight extremism. 
Det fjerde er satsing på å fremme borgerskap. For vår mannfoldighet er styrken i vårt samfunn. Så kommer jeg til mitt siste punkt. I det egyptiske arbeidet på internasjonale stedet til å promote den kulturen av fred og religiøse frihet. De egyptiske satsingene internasjonalt på å fremme internasjonal fred mellom religioner. Det er gjennom multilateral diplomati og gjennom forente nasjoner. In January this year, at the General Assembly, the UN General Assembly, adopted the resolution submitted by Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Morocco. Or på EFN så vedtog man en resolution som blev fremmet av Egypt, Saudi Arabia and Morocco. In partnership with a number of friendly countries. Or i partnerskap med en række venligsindede land. Titled "Promoting a Culture of Peace and Tolerance." Som het at fremme en kultur av fred og tolerance. To safeguard religious sites. For at sikre religiøse helgesteder. The resolution, of course, has many points, but I don't the time will not allow us to go through. But the Egyptian foreign ministry is also following international activities into that direction. But the Egyptian foreign ministry is also following international activities into that direction. And the Egyptian state in total is also seeking to consolidate the principle of citizenship and national unity without discrimination or exception. And the Egyptian state, as a whole, is working to ensure national unity. And I think I will stop here to have more time to listen to my colleagues and also to give Pastor Torp some relaxation from the translation. Thank you very much. Isn't it great to hear a man who speaks his heart and brings information so we can really think and discuss things? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Well, wasn't that great? I mean, you don't have to agree, but I love a man who speaks his heart and he listens to other opinions. And that's what I meet in Egypt more than most places. More than Norway, actually, at least for me. <laughs> Thank you, Ambassador. And then, uh, straight back from India, uh, Dr. B. Bala Bashkar, the Ambassador of the Republic of India. Yeah, Republic of India to Norway. And, uh, you know, I, I had a great meeting with the Chinese Ambassador a couple of days ago. Um, helped by a certain Norwegian diplomat and politician. I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I told the ambassador from China, well, soon China, India will become the largest nation in the world. But well, we need more babies, he said. <laughs> ambassador, Dr. Baskar, please come. Here's your mic. Do you want to speak or shall I ask questions? You can uh, make a few remarks. Yeah, you will that, do that first, yeah. yes. 
First of all, I want to thank uh, Reverend Pastor Torp. First, we thank Reverend Pastor Torp for giving me this opportunity and honor. For giving me this opportunity and honor. I think this uh, uh, the the topic present topic is uh, very important. Yeah, to what end? Dette tema er veldig viktig. And first part of the topic is the significance. Og det første del er betydningen. I think ever since man developed consciousness, religion became a, religion has been very very important of way of dealing with this vagaries of nature. Helt siden menneskeheten utviklet bevissthet, så tror jeg religion har vært en veldig viktig del av vår, vår natur. Både at the individual level and the level of society. Både individuelt og i samfunnet. And then um, when uh, in the as the society and the world grows, the the more and more challenges are being faced. Og i det vår vårt samfunn og i verden som helhet er stadig flere utfordringer som vi møter. And religion religion continues to play very very important role. Og religion spiller en veldig veldig viktig rolle. And to, to, it's, a, it's an exercise, it's a continuous uh, process to create internal harmony and also in the harmony in the, in the society. Oh, det er en stadig process for å skape harmoni og i samfunnet som helhet. So religion is a very important aspect for achieving this harmony. Uh, religion er en veldig viktig aspekt for å oppnå denne harmonien. India has been uh, land of religions. Uh, India har vært landet for religioner. We have um, three great religions uh, born in India. Vi har tre store uh, religioner som har er født i India. Uh, there have been uh, Hinduism. Det er Hinduisme. Buddhism and Jainism. Uh, Buddhisme og Jainisme. But simultaneously. Men uh, samtidig. Along with the birth of our own religions. Uh, I sammen med våre egne religioner. We have been embracing religion, har, religions all, from all over the world. Så har vi omfannet religioner fra hele verden. And then we had a continuous dialogue and interaction with these religions. Og vi har en stadig interaksjon og dialog med de ulike religioner. And then we kept on learning from other religions. Og vi har lært fra andre religioner. And then modifying our own religions. Og så har vi da tilpasset våre egne religioner. Today you name any religion in the world. Pardon? You, you name any religion in the world. I dag så kan du nevne navnet på enhver religion i verden. We have that religion in India. Så har vi den religionen i India. But all religions taught great things, you know, the greatest values of human society. Men alle religioner underviste fantastiske ting, de beste verdier i menneskeheten. I don't think that any religion has preached anything against mankind. Jeg tror ikke at religionen har preket noe som er imot menneskeheten. But all these religious texts have been in a very short and prose form. Men disse tekstene i religionene har kommet med veldig presise konsise uttrykk. And throughout human history, og gjennom hele menneskets historie, and different people started interpreting in different ways, så begynte ulike mennesker å fortolke på ulike vis. So over a period of time, pardon? Over a period of time, i løpet av en tidsperiode, what have been the original concept texts of religion, hva som har vært i ulike religioners kontekst, have been played around, played around har blitt jobbet med and with the more and more challenges more population growth og mer og mer utfordringer og mer befolkningsvekst there is every need to teach people or educate people så er det behov for å lære folk og utdanne folk what are the basic 
tenets of religion. Hva som er de viktigste holdepunkter i religion. And there is every need to prevent. Og det er enhver behov for å hindre. Interpretations are misinterpretations of religion. Representasjoner eller misrepresentasjoner av religioner. That is suiting their own needs. Som bare tilpasses ens egne behov. I think this is the challenge that the world faces today. Jeg tror at det er den utfordringen som verden møter i dag. And I believe these religious leaders like Pastor Topp and other distinguished religious leaders og jeg tenker at dette er det som gjelder religiøse ledere som Pastor Torp og andre besøkende lærde religiøse ledere her. Vi har alle en viktig rolle å spille. I dag ser vi at millioner av mennesker er hjemløse. Millioner av mennesker lever under fattigdomsgrensen. Og disse utfordringene er gråing. Og disse utfordringer, de vokser. In great multitude, day by day. I store mengder, dag etter dag. So we need to face these challenges. Så vi må møte disse utfordringene. And all of us have a great role to play in this. Og vi har alle sammen en viktig rolle å spille i dette. Thank you, Pastor. I would stop here and you wanted to ask some questions. Yeah. I'll be happy to answer them. Så nå skal jeg stoppe der. Så skal vi, er vi enige om at jeg skal stille han litt spørsmål? Now... Uh, Ambassador Bashkar, you're from the south of India, from Andhra Pradesh, right? Yes. And uh, did you grow up yourself as a religious boy? You know, actually, in, um, in India, every place, every place has uh, different religions. So my neighbor used to be a different religion. There are different food habits, different uh, costumes different uh, cultural habits, different uh, ways of uh, dress. So I'm, when I was born, I was born in a, in a society where everything is had been strange to me. Yeah. So okay. jeg vokste opp i et sted hvor naboen og jeg, vi hadde ulike religioner, ulike matvaner, ulike kulturelle og klesvaner. Så jeg vokste opp i en verden hvor alt dette var kjent for meg. As a child, the greatest thing that I was, uh, I learned så det viktigste som jeg lærte var å utvikle toleranse det var å utvikle toleranse til ulike religioner, ulike skikker, ulike matvaner, ulike kleskoder, ulike språk. A challenge for any child in India. Jeg tror at dette har vært utfordring for hvert barn i India. To develop the tolerance to all these diversities. Utvikle en toleranse til alle denne mangfoldigheten. Excellent. Now, living in Norway today, do you find that, do we give respect to the traditional religions of India here in our nation today? Like Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, and you mentioned others. No, I understand that Norway is a very, very highly conscious society. Jeg forstår det at Norge er et veldig bevisst land. They are very enlightened people. Det er veldig opplyste mennesker. I think this is also like India, Norway is also a land of spirituality. Og som India, så er Norge også et veldig åndelig land. I personally believe that spirituality is above religion. Jeg personlig mener at åndelighet går utover religion. Og på den måten er India et åndelig land. 
preaches the 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 greater aspect of religion that is spirituality. For the all religions take it as my stirst religion, namely ondelighet. The fact that the the hundreds of religions exist in India. Factum at there are hundreds of religions that exist in India. Only creates the fact of spirituality. They are just creating the factum that is ondelighet. When we see spirituality. Når vi ser ondelighet, we see that religion is only a means of that spirituality. Så skjønner vi at religion er bare et virkemiddel for den ondeligheten. So in that way I feel that as ambassador here, så jeg føler at som ambassadør her, Norge og India har en stor similarity, så føler jeg at Norge og India har veldig likheter. Både societies see spirituality as fundamental to religion and life. Det er begge nasjoner ser på åndelighet som fundamentalt for religion og liv. India is a different way of spirituality. India har en annen type åndelighet. Norge is a different way of spirituality. Norge har en annen type av åndelighet. Norge tenker at norvegens mestre deler med naturen. Men nordmenn, de har mest å gjøre med naturen. Så de tror at ved å omgås naturen, så nå oppnår man åndelighet. So I think that way I enjoy my stay here. Så på den måten så nyter jeg virkelig oppholdet mitt her. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Skal vi, shall we give ambassador Vibala Varskar a big hand also? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And all the best. Thank you. Well, I am really blessed. Isn't it interesting? I don't know if, if I'm different. Maybe I'm the only Christian leader in Europe who actually cares to listen to people, but I do. So I'm encouraged to listen and to learn. Thank you to both who have spoken now, Ambassador Ramadan, Ambassador Bashkat. And now, Ambassador Todung uh, Mulya Lubis. He is actually, I don't know if you like me to tell that, but he's one of the most famous uh, legal, criminal legal scholars in Asia. He's uh, trained in the University of California in Berkeley. And uh, I know this from Asia, you know. So my friends in India, in, in Asia of high standing, they say, oh, he's a very famous criminal lawyer. So if you need a good lawyer, take him. <laughs> Dr. Lewis, please come to the podium. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Here's your mic. Okay. Thank you to European Apostolic Leaders and also to Pastor Jan. Thank you to the European Apostolic Leaders and also to Pastor Jan. I would like to make a personal reflection. I would like to make a personal reflection. Not a lecture. Not a lecture. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. Come from Indonesia. I come from Indonesia. The largest Muslim country in terms of population. Det største muslimske landet hva angår befolkningsstørrelsen. Because Indonesia has more than 270 million people. Fordi Indonesia har mer enn 270 millioner mennesker. So this is the fourth largest country in the world in terms of populations. Dette er det fjerde største nasjonen i verden med hensyn til befolkningen. And out of these 270 million people, men ut av disse 270 millioner mennesker, 90% of them are Muslim. Så er 90% muslimer. Indonesia is also a home for so many religions. Men Indonesia er også et hjem for så mange religioner. Bidt Christians, med kristne, Catholics, katolikker, Hindus, Buddhister, 
Konfusjonerer, jøder, Bahá'í og andre. Indonesia er også hjem for mange og Indonesia er også hjem for mange som ikke har noen religion. Men de praktiserer sin tro ut fra lokale skikker, lokal tro. Så i Indonesia er ikke bare frihet til religion en del av menneskerettigheten. Det er en garantert rettighet i henhold til grunnloven. Det er fastslått tydelig i vår grunnlov. Til tross for det faktum at Indonesia er 90% muslimer, så har Indonesia aldri regnet seg selv som en islamsk stat. Indonesia verdier Indonesia verdsetter religioner som likeverdige. Det er bare ett sted hvor islamsk lov blir hevdet, og det er i Aceh, som er en nordlig del av Indonesia. Hvorfor er det slik det er? Fordi det er der islam kom første gang. Etter min mening, så styrker alle religioner en viktig rolle i å styrke sammensetningen av en nasjon. Og opprettholde lov og orden. Og fremme fred og brorskap. Og folk må leve i fred sammen. Og derfor har vi ofte i Indonesia dialog mellom trosetninger. Vi opprettholder denne dialogen for å opprettholde harmoni. Let me be very frank. La meg være veldig åpenhjertig. This is not to say there's no tension. Jeg sier ikke at det er ingen spenninger. This is not to say there's no radical elements. Jeg sier ikke at det ikke finnes radikale elementer. Within religion. Innenfor religioner. Because every religion has, you know, radical elements. Fordi alle religioner har radikale elementer. In few occasions, you also see bombs exploded. Så kan du også si at bomber eksploderer. Og drepe mennesker. Men det skjer ikke ofte. Det er et unntak, og det er ikke regelen. Jeg er veldig stolt å kunne si at Indonesia har vært stor fremgang i å bekjempe de med som driver den hårde linjen. De radikale. Gjerningene og terroristene. Hva har vi gjort for å opprettholde religiøs harmoni i Indonesia? I Indonesia har vi regelmessig tro dialog mellom trosettinger. 
in order to reach a common understanding för att kunna uppnå en felles förståelse to reconcile differences för att försona olikheter and it works extremely well och det fungerar yeah. väldigt gott and i believe indonesia has succeeded in becoming a model country och jag tror att indonesia har lyckats i att bli en modellnation where all religions closely cooperate where all religioner samarbetar nära to maintain peace and order för att upprätthålla lov och orden fred och orden why am i telling you all about this varför berättar jag dere allt detta frankly and very concerned about religious tension för att vara öppenhjärtig så är er jag ganska bekymrad för religiösa spänningar i'm very concerned about hate jag är er väldigt upptatt av hat and phobias och fobierna in europe and the us we see the emergence of islamophobia. I USA så ser vi att det har kommit fram en islamofobi. Politics of anti-islam. Politik pardon. Politics of anti-islam. Ja, politik som är er anti-islamsk. And anti-immigrants. Och anti-invandrare. Honestly, I failed to comprehend the rationale behind all of ja. this. Ärligt talat så har jag har jag svårt med att förstå logiken i detta. So if belief if we believe all religions are for peace hvis du tror att alla religioner är er för fred justice harmony and brotherhood rättfärdighet harmoni och brorskap there should not be any place for islamophobia så borde det inte vara plats för något islamofobi yes in norway i norge ja yeah. there's a group called sian i norge är er det yeah. grupper som heter sian och stop islamization in norway stop islamiseringen i norge their number is small yeah. de är er få i antal but their activities are full with hatred and xenophobia. Men deras deras aktiviteter är er fulla av hat och xenofobi. They organize demonstrations in number of places. De organiserar demonstrationer på en rekke steder. And lately they even burn our Quran. Och de har i det siste till och med bränt upp vår Koran. They do that by arguing that it is their freedom of speech. De gör det vi argumenterar att det är er deras yttrandefrihet. Well, I do respect freedom of speech. Ja, jag förväntar yttrandefrihet. I'm not denying that. Jag benekter inte det. But one should also take into consideration. Men man bör också märka sig that freedom of speech should not be manipulated. Att yttrandefrihet bör inte manipuleras. To spread hatred and xenophobia. För att sprida hat och xenofobi. If Sian respect freedom of religions. Vi Sian respekterar yttrandefrihet. Any act of burning Al-Quran eh på annat sätt än att bränna vår Koran så blir considered as a violation of freedom of religion. Då bör det uppfattas som att bryta med religionsfriheten. Okay, uh, before I stop, let me just say first answer så låt mig bara si that what happened here does not stay here. Det som sker här blir inte här. What happens in social media does not stop in social media. Det som sker på sociala medier, det stoppar inte på sociala medier. If Islamophobia persists, att islamofobi den visst den förlåter och fortsätter. It will create a reaction in other countries. Så vill det skapa en reaktion i andra land. And it is not the world we would like to live in. Och det är inte en värld vi önskar leva i. We all agree with democracy. Vi är alla eniga om demokrati. I am for democracy and you all for democracy. Jag är för demokrati och det är det alla sammen. But democracy should also be guarded by collective will. Men demokrati bör också värnas av den kollektiva viljan. 
to bring people and religions til å bringe mennesker og religioner to live together in peaceful and sustainable way. Til å leve sammen i fredelige og på måter som kan opprettholdes. I think that's it for me. Jeg tror det er uh, det for meg. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ambassador Tolder. That's another one who speaks strong from his heart. Thank you. So thank you. I like to listen to people who speak to us what they believe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, I am really happy now. Uh, and uh, the next speaker, uh, I've known him since thousands of years. No. <laughs> I've learned so much about the Kazakhstan version of Islam, uh, which I had never understood. So thank you for that. Now we're going to hear from Ambassador of uh, the Republic of Kazakhstan to Norway, Yerkin Akinjanov. Please take the podium. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. I always admire your uh, leadership an ability to appeal from heart to uh, from your heart to the hearts of other people directly uh, so uh, you will excuse me um, but I, I i'm not the same able as you that's why i prepared my manuscript thank you so much sir and i'm i'm grateful uh, to all of you that you have given me a chance to share with you my thoughts or, and the information about Kazakhstan. And uh, uh, this is uh, great to speak together with my fellow ambassadors, with my friends and with you uh, about very, very important topic uh, which you have uh, given us. Så det er veldig fint for mig å komme her og snakke om veldig viktige temaer sammen med mine kollegaer ambassadørene, men også med dere her om dette viktige tema som vi er betitt. Yes. Uh, I'm grateful also to, uh, to ambassadors, to previous speakers, that they have already uh, touched upon many things um, globally, uh, philosophically, conceptually, or uh, very, very specific pra practical things, which uh, gives me uh, more flexibility to elaborate <laughs> on, on my country's experience. Uh, Ja, så jeg er veldig takknemlig for ambassadørene som allerede har berørt mange av spørsmålene. Så nå har jeg mer frihet til å ta opp andre ting som da kan utfylle det. You know that Kazakhstan is a comparatively young state. Last December we have celebrated, we celebrated uh, uh, the 30th anniversary of our independence. Kazakhstan er et ganske ung nasjon. I, I fjor så feiret vi det 30. år av vår uavhengighet. But it is a, an ancient land of the great step, as uh, people know throughout the history. Det er det eldgamle landet av din gamle, hva heter det, Erik? Steppe, the ancient step. Great step. The great step, the store steget. Steppen. The store steppen. Which, uh, the place which throughout the millennia witnessed uh, rise, birth, rise and decline of many civilizations and states. Et sted som gjennom uh, årtusener har sett uh, store stater og, og folkeherredømmer uh, reises og falle. Yeah, we, you may know maybe that uh, our ancestors, the people of Great Sip, were known uh, by different names like uh, uh, 
15,000 years ago, the first Turkic Khanate, or... Dere kanskje vet kanskje at vårt folk har sakene, er blitt kjent gjennom mange navn. 1500, yes. I mange 1500 og flere år. Og Dejte Kipchak, og Kumania Khanate, og The Golden Horde, og The Kazakh Khanate, and presently The Republic of Kazakhstan. Så alle disse ulike uttrykkene har blitt brukt om Kazakhstan. Så... Our ancient land's destiny has always been determined by its geographic location at the heart of Eurasia. Vårt eldgamle lands bestemmelse har alltid vært bestemt av den geopolitiske posisjonen og plassering. It has been shaping our developmental patterns, our foreign domestic policies, det har formet våre eldgamle mønstre og formet vår politikk. And being a Eurasian crossroad. Og være som et euroasiatisk veikryss. We have embraced this reality and work hard to position ourselves as a bridge between Europe and Asia, connecting East and West, North and South. Så har vi omfannet dette mangfoldet og vært som en bro mellom Øst og Vest og Nord og Sør. This past history and experience, present reality, and I would say timeless philosophy, helped us to develop our hallmark multivector foreign policy or multicultural domestic policy. Dette har hjulpet oss til å ivareta vår multikulturelle politikk. And of course our history knows very dark pages. Og vår historie kjenner også veldig mørke sider. Siste hundre år av vår historie var spesielt tragisk. Dere vet kanskje at Dere vet kanskje at for hundre år siden så ble millioner av mennesker sultet til døde gjennom kunstige prosesser for å sulte dem ut. Hundreds of thousands were prosecuted, politically prosecuted, and imprisoned by Stalin regime. Hundre tusene ble forfulgt og fengslet av Stalin regime. For eksempel, min egen grannfader var arrestet på politiske charges, imprisoned, and was brutally killed in prison in 1943. He was an educator and enlightener, and along with a, a very specific uh, topic he, he was educating, he was a professor of geography, he was also a, an enlightener trying to uh, share with younger generations our traditions, our beliefs, including religious traditions, but he was prosecuted for that. Han var også professor in geography? Ja, han var professor in geography, but he was also an enlightened. Han var opplyst og utrustet og formidlet ting som førte til at han ble forfulgt. Later, 600,000 of people from Kazakhstan were killed in the battlefields fighting Nazis during the Second World War. 600,000 fra Kazakhstan drept under kriger under annen verdenskrig. And for 17 years under the Bolshevik rule, 
our traditions and religious practices were... Um, how, many, how many years? 70 years. 70 years of the Soviet rule, of ja. Bolshevik rule. Under 70 years of Bolshevik or Soviet rule. Our traditions and uh, religious practices were either banned or limited. So our traditions or practices were either banned or limited. At the same time, Kazakhstan be became the land of exile, forced exile. Men samtidigt var Kazakhstan landet för påtvunget exil. For millions of other oppressed people of so many ethnic and religious backgrounds. För miljoner av andra människor av många typer bakgrunder och kulturer. Christians and Muslims, Buddh Buddhists and Jews. Kristna muslimer, you just name few, to name few just. Bara för att nämna någon. Uh, they have been also of different ethnic uh, backgrounds, cultural. Uh, er, Russians, Ukrainians. Er Germans and Poles. Koreans and Chechens. Uh, and great many others. Me that made our country a truly multicultural place. Det vårt land et sant the, the uniqueness of the situation was that despite their own great losses and hardships, Kazakhs embraced other people in need who found ja. their second home in Kazakhstan. Men det som var unikt var at midt oppe i alle disse vanskeligheter så omfavnet kazakere eh, folk eh, som hadde store behov som kom fra andre steder og omfavnet dem og tok det imot dem. We didn't, uh, we didn't nourish anger in our hearts we didn't perceive these people as the uh, the cause of our hardships vi, not uh, hating them because they are different by color by ethnicity or by religion vi vi ville inte ha sinne i våra hjärtar och kallade inte dem för skyld ja inte dem skylla för våra vanskeligheter we saw that they are the same victims as we are vi såg att de var de samma offer som vi är so what we did, we joined our hands to survive together in the famine, political oppression, war. So we held hands and stood together in the fight against hunger, political undertrykkelse and krig. We shared with each other the last piece of bread, the last available shelter. We shared with each other the last piece of bread and the last available shelter. Families from all, I mean, from various communities were adopting orphans left because a lot of orphans appeared. For no matter of their racial, ethnic or religious background of these orphans. So families who had to let their parents barn, uansett vilken etnisk bakgrund så tog vi emot dem. And I may say that this uh, this uh, ancient philosophy uh, of openness and tolerance uh, of the great step av öppenhet och tolerans i den stora stepp navigated our hearts and minds det styrte våra sinn och våra tankar and all people no matter indigenous or newcomers alla människor enten de var nationella eller nyankomna they adopted this philosophy they made it uh, the basis for our own our common joint future further development de vetog de antog denna denna normen och gjorde det till basis för vår vårt liv that is why the present kazakhstan uh, is a land where people of more than 120 uh, ethnic communities representing 
uh, approximately they say 16. I mean, statistics, it's also a tricky thing because you cannot define the religious group uh, like put it into bureaucratic statistics. But okay, so far statistics available say that uh, representing 16 religious denominations. So uh, how many, how many? Hund more than 120 ethnic group yeah, communities yeah, yeah. representing uh, 16 religious den uh, denominations uh, live in Kazakhstan. Yeah. So now we have 120 etniske grupper som representerer 16 religiøse eh, kirke eller eh, religioner eh, som, som lever i Kazakhstan. And I remember being a kid, uh, even though uh, the religious practices were uh, banned or limited by, by Bolsheviks and uh, this uh, communist rule. Så jeg husker som en guttunge, selv om vår religiøse praksis ble bannlyst eller begrenset av bolsjeviker eller kommunister. I remember as a kid, we were more than happy to celebrate any, any, any uh, uh, holiday from Ramadan to Easter. Uh, and it is not just uh, with some Hanukkah, including Hanukkah, and Easter, including uh, Eastern or Western uh, calendar, following Eastern, both Eastern and Western calendar, because there were, around us were a lot of it. The only thing I can confess that being a kid, I didn't realize that this is a religion, uh, religious things. <laughs> but still, uh, growing up, understanding that we were more than happy to be navigated by our friends or by our relatives. Uh, when uh, paying tribute and respect to other religious traditions. traditions. So, som guttunge så, så, så praktiserte vi og støttet opp under alt fra eh, Ramadan til Hanukkah til eh, østlig og vestlig påskefeiring. Og jeg var ikke engang klar over at det var religiøse uttrynger. So, uh, in my family, predominantly, mostly, family I mean not only my, myself, my wife and my kids. Uh, in our tradition, family is a little bit bigger. Grand, I mean, uh, physically because uh, for instance uh, myself my my brother my my cousins um, uh, spend more time in in our uh, grandparents home in our uncles and aunties homes rather than in our own home so, so it, it was a mix up and in and I see, for instance, uh, there is no problem because in my family, immediate family, including in-laws, immediate, very close in-laws, my son-in-law, my brother-in-law, so my Kazakhs, traditional Sunni Muslims, we have uh, Jews, we have uh, uh, traditional, uh, I have an Arab uh, brother-in-law, uh, I have <laughs> a Jew, also in-law, I have uh, Eastern Christian, I have Western Christian, I have, I, I don't know, name it, N name it, and we, 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 we believe it is a really good asset to get together, to celebrate, to share our joy with each other. Så i min egen familie så har vi alle mulige av disse uh, 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 ulike dimensioner fra ulike muslimer og kristne og jøder og, og mange, mange andre som man har nevnt. And this is not a, the situation only in my family. This er is a regular situation familie. in many, majority of families in Kazakhstan. Sånn er det i majoriteten av familier i Kazakhstan. 
And uh, that maybe helped us also to make a real good progress during these 30 years of independence. Det kan också ha hjälpt oss till att ha stor framgång i dessa 30 år av frihet. Of course, the path to becoming a strong nation uh, can, uh, can, uh, was never going to be smooth. Så vägen till att bli en stark nation kom aldrig att vara enkel. There have always been bumps on the way and setbacks to overcome. Det har varit snubbelstenar på vägen och det har varit tillbakaslag. And of course, we had our own problems. Like, if you have followed the developments in Kazakhstan, we have uh, our, tra our own tragic events in January. So we started utvecklingen i Kazakhstan, så vi var inte så skrämmande. Som lärt oss en väldigt viktig läxa om vad vi gjorde fel. But it also provided an opportunity for us to 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 develop further. Men det gav oss en anledning till att utveckla oss vidare. And that particularly uh, multicultural composition of our society gave, gave also us additional strength to Men, realize what we should do and what mistakes we should not repeat. And of course, you, you, you all know that developments uh, since uh, the last year in Afghanistan, Afghanistan yeah, in Ukraine, this all poses uh, additional uh, Geopolitical. This is. I, I don't like this word. Geopolitical. This is like. Sounds like excuse. That I'm sorry. This is not my fault. <laughs> but <laughs> but this is. Yeah. This is. This creates additional challenges. Det skapar extra utfordringar. Det som sker nu. Och jag liker inte ordet geopolitisk för då liksom då säger man att det är min skyld. Jag har inte något ansvar för det. Men för det är vårt ansvar också. And again, as in, in the last century and, and, and earlier, this philosophy helps us to navigate. navigering. So, and this history which I gave you is uh, maybe uh, help you to understand uh, the, the mindset which developed in, in, in Kazakhstan Den among its people. We believe that any nation's uh, progress is not possible without opening to the, to the world and uh, uh, to, to, the, to the world, to the ideas, to the knowledge, because it educates and enriches us. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Uh, yes, uh, that any nation's progress is not possible without openness, yeah. Uh, without new ideas and knowledge. Every nation's framgång is not possible without openness and new ideas and kunskap. And uh, the great job in this area is done område, by religious, uh, religious communities in Kazakhstan, of Kazakhstan. As I said, how many communities, uh, ethnic and religious communities, but uh, religious organizations which established by uh, communities men, men are uh, about more than 3,800 religious organizations, associations in Kazakhstan right now. Of course, we do not claim that our model is perfect. Vi säger inte säkert att vår modell är perfekt. The government, otherwise, the government and the society uh, and religious uh, communities are working together to 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 find the best ways uh, to achieve goals we set uh, uh, for ourselves, and of course to communicate with the with the rest of the world on on on. on topics of mutual concern. Regeringen och religiösa samfund i samarbete och snackar om hur vi ska finna den bästa måten att förhålla oss till dessa tingene på i i denna världen. And uh, 
with the beginning of this century, uh, a, a number of events helps us to boost our activity also internationally. Og i begynnelsen av dette århundret er det mange utviklingstekst som har hjulpet oss å fremme eh, andre ting internasjonalt. There was a historic visit of the Pope John Paul II ja, in 2001. Vi har hatt i 2001. There was the first summit of the conference on interaction and confidence building measures in Asia. And... Det var også første toppmøte om eh, tillitsbyggende eh, ting i Asia. And, and, and some others. And of course, you remember those also tragic events um, uh, like uh, global crisis. Of course, after the end of the Cold War, the, the global crisis didn't gone, has, has, hasn't gone. And after the Kalle Kagan's end, so I think the global crisis is over. You can, you, 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 you remember that, yeah? Uh, the 9-11 uh, terrorist attacks. Dere husker uh, 11. War, 11. september. Yeah. Uh, military operations in Afghanistan and Iraq. Militære operasjoner i Kazakhstan, nei, i, i Irak og Afghanistan. Which started again reshaping the whole picture uh, globally and especially uh, intercultural, intercultural uh, relations including religious issues og begynte å gjenskape, omforme internasjonale relasjoner og kulturelle relasjoner. And this led to a new initiative which we put forward, the, the first president of Kazakhstan, Rostan Nazbaev, put forward, uh, to convene the Congress of Leaders of, the, of World and Traditional religion, Religions. Dette ledet til initiativet som uh, tidligere president Nazarbayev uh, tok for å samle toppledere fra traditionelle og verdensreligioner. Ja, yeah, and det exists already for 19 years. It, uh, we convene it every three years. Vi, det eksisterte allerede i 19 år. Vi samles hvert tredje år. And uh, this an arena for dialogue uh, which is essential in a time when the human civilization continues to face a protracted moral values crisis. Ja, dette er viktig initiativ for en tid hvor verdens samfunnet møter stadig større kriser. Apparently in the 21st century, oppenbart i det 21. århundre, the concept of modernization requires deep reconsideration uh, re uh, reconsideration with an emphasis on respect for traditions. Så krisene i verdenssamfunnet gjør at vi må tenke på nytt om å vise respekt for tradisjoner. And it turns out that religion has not lost its value in public and political life. Og det viser seg at religion har ikke tapt sin verdi i det offentlige eller personlige liv. Because it set standards for human behavior and moral integrity. For de fastsetter standarder for menneskelig adferd og moralsk integritet. And you know, however, at the political level, the role of religion is often underestimated. Og i det politiske nivå så er religions rolle ofte underverdsatt. Nowadays, even the UN Charter uh, is quite unclear uh, about the place of religion and religious leaders in achieving the primary goals of the organization. Til og med nå i FNs traktater så har man ikke med ordentlig verdien av religiøse lederes betydning. This makes the Congress and other similar fora a necessary tool demonstrating that the world and traditional religions can be necessary 
moral compass in domestic and international politics. Det visar att vårt initiativ med kongressen för traditionella världsreligioner kan vara väldigt viktig för nettop att bringa värderingar fram i en värld som vi lever i. That is why the Congress became the platform not only for interreligious dialogue, but also for the meeting between religious leaders and politicians. Och därför blev kongressen inte bara ett forum för religiös dialog, men också för ett mötesställe för politiska religiösa ledare. And that is why it's becoming more and more popular because, for instance, in the first Congress in 2003. Uh, it was attended by delegations from 13 countries. Och därför är det blivit stadigt mer populärt för det första gången i 2003 så var det delegationer från 13 land. And the last congress in 2018 is to be attended by uh, ha, was attended by 80 delegations from uh, 46 countries. Den den sista som var i 2018 be hade deltagare från 80 delegationer från 46 nationer. This year, 14 and 15 of September, we are uh, we are we are hosting the seventh Congress in Kazakhstan. 14 and 15 September, so I've been asked for the seventh Congress in Kazakhstan. And also, we are expecting a great number of participants, including uh, the the uh, uh, including the uh, Pope Francis. Or today, we expect a number of delegations, including Pope Francis. Who just few days ago has a video call with our president, and confirmed that he will pay an official visit to Kazakhstan and participate in the in this congress. Han bekräftade han vill komma på officiell besök i Kazakhstan och delta i den kongressen. So, in conclusion, I would like to stress that despite the dangerous global situation today, so in conclusion, till trots för farliga ting i världen idag. Which directly affects interreligious relations in the world. Som direkte berører interreligiøse relationer i verden. So we are more than ever committed to work together to ensure regional, national, regional, and global safety and security. Så vi mer fast bestemt på at jobbe for at skabe stabilitet mellem regioner, religioner og stabilitet. And we believe that initiatives like like the Congress is a is a very good step towards that direction. Og vi tror at initiativ som vår Kongress er et veldig vigtigt steg mot dette. And we hope that Kazakhstan, with its tolerant multicultural society, can be a good role model for making our world a more tolerant and safe place for ourselves and for future generations. Og vi håber at vår nation Kazakhstan, med vår model av tolerance, kan være en model for andre nationer. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. That is amazing. Well, you know, Pentecostal leaders. We're not used to talk about these things. We don't are not used to listen to people like this. And this is really good for us because we're learning a lot about their thinking and learning to respect. I grew up, you know, as a missionary boy, born in Japan, and then went to Thailand with my mom and dad. And my mom and dad, they were so good friends with the Buddhists, and they worked together. And of course, as Christians, we're evangelical, we're missionaries, we are a missionary religion, you know, we are a missionary faith, we don't hide that. But we also need to be listeners, respecters, and to love, and to be friends. And uh, 
I don't want to imply too much for every one of the ambassadors, but I can tell you, I feel that they are my friends. And that is so important. Thank God for every one of you. I would like us all to stand up. And uh, where you're sitting and by your television screen somewhere, whether you love this or you don't, stretch your legs. Because <laughs> now you're going to be in for something. I tell you, in 2013, I gathered a group of uh, 45 pastors in the Oslo area. Uh, most of them were uh, non-Norwegians, Christian pastors. And I invited, the, at that time, the minister of, uh, uh, now have a seat, by the way. Uh, uh, and the minister of environment, as well as the minister of, uh, of uh, foreign policy or foreign development. Uh, to come and meet us. And, you know, I was a bit nervous because, um, you know, what will he say, this guy? You never know. <laughs> you never know. And, you know, my, many of my non-Norwegian pastor friends, they're radical Christians. I mean, not in the violent sense, but they, they you know, they're no, no nonsense. If they don't agree with you, get out, you know. <laughs> And uh, so then Eric Soline came and spoke. It was at a, a pub, actually. We weren't drinking, but that was the place we used for that meeting. A good place, you know, if you really want to be honest with people in Norway, go to a pub. Have, give them a beer. They'll, you'll hear what they really are thinking, you know. <laughs> and, um, and Eric Soline spoke. And then a dear friend of mine who passed away in 2017, a uh, pastor from Nigeria, from the largest Pentecostal denomination in the world, the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Nigeria, who started the churches they have now in Norway and in other nations and passed away in 2017, and I miss him dearly. I miss him dearly, dearly, dearly. His wife took over, and uh, she's our great friend, and we, we, we work together in many things. But Pastor Duke, he bowed over to me, and he said, This man is speaking like a prophet. <laughs> Eric Solheim, you are welcome to the stand. Do you want to speak in Norwegian or English, or will you do what you wrote to me tonight, probably at 2 a.m., uh, that you were going to speak in Hindi, and I would translate to Norwegian? <laughs> do you want to speak in English or Norwegian? English. Let's give him a big hand. <laughs> I'm drinking a lot of water now, you know. <laughs> now you have a lot of time because they've been so, so, so short. Thank you. Th th thank you so much. This has been a fantastically moving event. Listening to you speaking about your grandfather, how he perished during Stalin's time uh, in uh, Kazakhstan, but also listening to all the other ambassadors. Yeah, thank for that. That was a truly interesting event. And hear Ambassador who talked about his best father, who died in jail, and all that was very moving. And the others that we heard about here. I will not claim to be a prophet, but I always say yes when I'm invited to a Pentecostal <laughs> congregation. I am not a prophet, but I say always yes when I am invited to a Pentecostal congregation. And I tell you why. I will tell you why. 
Of course, it's because the Pentecostal church is the fastest growing church in the world. Selvfølgelig er det fordi pinsemenigheten er de hurtigst voksende i hele verden. So wherever you go in Brazil or in Nigeria, as you said, wherever I go, I see the Pentecostal church and it's rapidly increasing. Og hvor enn jeg kommer i verden, i Nigeria, Brasil, hvor som helst, så møter jeg pinsemenigheter, og det er det hurtigst voksende i hele verden. But there is another reason as well. Men det er en annen grunn også. You don't believe it should be boring in the church. Du synes ikke det bør være kjedelig å gå i kirke. Let's be frank. I have attended an enormous amount of services in our life. And most of them were boring. Jeg skal være helt ærlig. Jeg har gått på en rekke møter gjennom mitt liv, og de fleste av dem har vært kjedelige. You need to inspire people, you need to bring color, you need to be music, you need to speak your faith in a clear, direct way. You need to engage with people, and that's what you are doing, I believe, better than any other Christian congregation. Well, let's see this on that. Yeah, please clap first. Yeah, who's like all this song? I think this... Words are so simple, so most people can understand. It's about speaking your heart. It's about music, color, being clear and direct and engaging with people. Det dreier seg om hjertet, det dreier seg om musikk og hjertet, å engasjere seg og engasjere seg med andre mennesker. But then let's move to a very different religion. These days I'm working very closely with a Hindu spiritual leader. I disse dager så arbeider jeg veldig tett med en Hindu åndelig leder. His name is Sadhguru. Hans navn er Sadhguru. He has just embarked upon a bike tour from London to Delhi. Han har nettopp startet på en sykkeltur fra London til New Delhi. He's just these days in Georgia, in Tbilisi. Maybe he will also visit Kazakhstan on his way. I'm not sure. Han er i disse dager i Georgia, Tbilisi. Kanskje han til og med vil komme innom Kazakhstan på veien. And he has launched a campaign which is called Save Soil. Og han har startet en kampanje som er å redde jorden. This is about the soil, which we need. If we destroy the soil, there is no agriculture. If there is no agriculture, there is no human society. Hvis vi ødelegger jorda, så er det ikke noe landbruk, og da er det ikke noe samfunn. But why would I engage with an Indian holy man in this campaign? Men hvorfor vil jeg engasjere meg en indisk hellig mann i denne kampanjen? Because he has an outreach which basically every politician in the entire world can just be envious. Can just be envious, jealous. Han har en forsamling som enhver politiker i hele verden kan bare være misunnelig av, som er så svær. Wherever he comes, he mobilizes thousands of people and on social media. He has millions upon millions of followers who follow his messages. Og hvor enn han kommer, så samler han tusen av mennesker. Og på sosiale medier så har han millioner og millioner av følgere. Frankly, my political friends, very few of you have that ability to touch the heart of people. Så helt ærlig talt, dere politikere som er mine venner, veldig få dere har evnen til å berøre hjertene til folk. And this is exactly why when I was minister of environment and international development in Norway... Grunnen til at da jeg var statsråd for utvikling og internasjonal utvikling og miljø i Norge... I started a major project as to how we could work with faith groups and churches of all congregations for this purpose of environment and environment. Så begynte jeg en prosjekt for hvordan vi skulle jobbe med religiøse grupper som kunne arbeide med dem. Skal vi kona mi ta over? Er det greit? Ja, for jeg klarer ikke meg. But let me tell you, if your congregation don't like you any longer, you have a fantastic future career. 
in what way? As a simultaneous interpreter. <laughs> uh, I've never bet, met a better interpreter than you. <laughs> Thank you, Hans. You're a flink talk, man. <laughs> Not only a flink talk, you're a brilliant talk. Thank you. <laughs> But she's better. Uh, she she's is maybe smarter and more beautiful than more you. More beautiful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you have such a beautiful child. So, so it's so a so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But let's come back to this point. When I, I started this uh, um, this uh, program on environment and religion and development. I started the program on miljö and religion and utveckling. There were lots of criticism coming up. Så var det massa kritik som kom. But I told my secular friends, you are wrong. Men jag sa sa till mina sekulära vänner, det är fel. Please open your eyes. Var så snälla öppna ögonen deras. I have been to an ambassador can confirm a huge amount of villages in India. Jag har varit ambassadören kan bekräfta det. Jag har varit i en massa landsbyar i India. I never saw a UN office there. Och jag såg aldrig en en FN officer där. Kontor. Most often there was not a civil society group in the Western sense either. Och ofta så var det heller inte någon borgerrättigheter organisation heller. But everywhere there is a temple. Men överallt så finns det ett tempel. If you go around Africa, it's exactly the same. Hvis du reiser runt i Afrika så är det akkurat det samma. I have never been to any town in Africa where there is neither a mosque nor a church. Jag har aldrig varit i en by i Afrika hvor det enten hvor det inte enten är en moské eller en kyrka. But I have been to any number of villages in Africa where there is no trade union. Men jag har varit i många landsbyar i Afrika hvor det inte finns någon handels ehm Fagforening. Fagforening. Yeah. Or employers association. Eller eller förening för anställda. So the churches and mosques and Hindu temples are there out with the people and with the ability to touch people. Så kyrkan och moskéerna är där ute bland människorna och har evnen till att beröra människor. It has the organizational structure har, and the ability to speak to people's heart. Den har den organisationsstrukturen och evnen till att tala till människors hjärter. That's why it's so important. Därför är det så viktigt. But as all the foreign ambassadors have touched upon, religion is a fantastic force for good. Men som alla ambassadörerna har varit inom så har religion en fantastisk kraft till förändring. But it's also a potential trap where we start killing each other. Men det är också en potentiell fara vid det att vi börjar och döda varandra. And what's the answer to this? Och vad är svaret på det? I will launch two words as the key answer. Jag vill komma med två ord som nyckelsvaret. One was also touched upon by the ambassador of Egypt. That is respect. Ett var också berört av Egyptens ambassadör och det är respekt. And the other is love. Och det andra är kärlighet. We need to show respect for every religion. Vi tränger att visa respekt för en var religion. Why should we allow some guys to burn the Quran? It's complete disrespect for these great religions. Varför ska vi tillåta att man bränner Koranen? Det är ju fullständig disrespekt för denna religion. And we know the purpose is not an expression of, a, of an opinion that you can do in any other way. Och det är ju inte en uttryck för en mening. Det kan du göra på en vilket som helst måte. If anyone wants to write a pamphlet or a book 
or a newspaper article criticizing everything in Islam. Of course that person should be allowed to do that. Hvis någon vill skriva en avisartikel eller ett häfte eller en bok och kritisera islam så kan vem som helst få låta att göra det. You should not be allowed to burn the cross of Christ either. That's a such an important symbol to many of us. Men du ska ju heller inte vara vara lov att bränna Kristi kors. Det är er ju ett så viktigt symbol för så många av oss. And in my second home country, Sri Lanka, at the Easter day, they killed nearly 300 people by bombs in the church for no other reason than these people were Christians. Och i mitt andra hemland, Sri Lanka, så bombade och drepte how many? It was between two and three hundred. Mellan två och tre hundra människor på andra påskedag. Ja. Some of them was even from Denmark. Och någon av dem var till och med från Danmark. But it was to vibe up tensions between Muslims and Christians, no other purpose. Men ingen annan hänsikt än att det var spänning mellan kristna och muslimer. In Myanmar, you find people claiming that there are Buddhist, even Buddhist monks attacking other groups. I Myanmar så är er det de som hävdar att vara buddhistmonker som som angriper andra grupper. Is there has there ever been a person walking on this planet more peaceful than Buddha? His entire message is a message of peace and non-violence. Och har det någon gång varit någon mer fredfull person som har gått på denna jorda än Buddha? Hans hela hans budskap är er ju fred. So we need to show respect. Så vi må vise respekt. But we should take it even one step further. We should also show love. Men vi skal også ta det steg videre, og vi skal også vise kærlighed. Paul, the greatest follower of Jesus Christ, for sure the most important follower of Jesus Christ, he says in in the Corinthian, in the 13th chapter, you all know it, but he says there is faith, hope, and love, but the most important of these is love. Paulus som var kanske Kristi mest eller störste efterföljer han säger i Korinthebrevet att det är er tro, hopp och kärlek men det största av dem är er kärleken. And he even says that if you have everything that if you Han säger till mig att hvis du har allt but if you don't have love men inte kärlek you have nothing. Så har du ingenting. And Jesus even took it a step further he said, said we should we should love every other human being as we love ourselves it's impossible to follow but it's a very very strong message Och Jesus tog det ända vidare och sa att det ska älska alla andra som det är själv och det är er ju nästan omöjligt att följa None of us can follow that in reality but we can aim at it Ingen av oss kan följa det i fullt och helt men vi kan sikta mot det and Jesus even said we should love our enemies which is the most difficult of all. Och Jesus sa till och med att vi ska älska våra fiender som är er det vanskligaste av allt. And you find similar messages in every religion but it's so critical it's, it's to, for me to love my wife and my children. Och du finner liknande budskap i alla religioner men det här är er så kritiskt för mig att älska min kone och mina barn. That's the most easy part. Det är er det lättaste. I mean uh, basically every human being except a few cr- crazy guys love their children. <laughs> Omtrent alla människor bortsett från någon få galningar älskar deras barn sina barn. But what's difficult is to love people with another faith, another opinion, another political view or people who are not always kind to you. Men det som är er vanskligt är er att älska de som har en annan politisk mening eller religiös mening eller de som du kanske som är er onda. So we need to show respect between the religions. Så vi trenger å vise respekt mellom religionene. And we need to find the love which is in all of us. Og vi trenger å finne den kjærligheten som er i oss alle sammen. 
I was at a seminar on conflict resolution the other day. Jag var på ett seminar om konfliktlösning här om dagen. And I was asked to give one one kind of impression to them. Och jag blev bespurt om att ge ett ett budskap till dem. And at the end I said it, it's about finding your love. Look for it. Look you, you have some love in you. Find that love and show it to others. Och jag sa att det handlar om att finna kärleken. Du har kärleken inne i dig. Du måste finna den och visa den till andra. But the world has a number of crises. We are in war. Men världen har en rekke av kriser. Vi är i krig. Even if there is peace in most parts of the world, we now have a very horrible war right here in Europe. Selv om det er fred i de fleste deler av verden, så er det nå en forferdelig krig som pågår akkurat her i Europa. We have en environment degradation. Vi har miljøødeleggelse. And we have uh, the need to bring every person in the world out of extreme poverty into a middle class decent life. Och vi har behov för att bringa alla människor i världen ut av extrem fattigdom och in i en 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 grej livsnivå. For all of this religion gives us the inspiration we need. Och för allt detta här så ger religionen oss inspirationen som vi trenger. Om peace I spoke to this guy Sadguru. Och om fred så snakket jag med denne ga- fyren. Sadguru. Sadguru. Yeah. He, he has a huge, huge statue of Shiva, the main Hindu god in his hometown of Kambator in southern India, but is has supporters all over the world. Han har en stor statue där i Sør-India och har stöttespelare över hela världen. But and I asked him is India a religious or a secular country? Och jag frågade han är India ett religiöst eller ett sekulärt land? He said we are a nation of seekers. Och han sa att vi är en nation av sökare. And that touched me a lot. Och det berörde mig väldigt. He said how can we have absolute views? Han sa, hvordan kan vi ha absoluter? Hvordan kan vi se på ting absolut? Where is the human who can claim to understand the enormity of the universe? Hvor er det mennesket som kan si at de forstår hele det enorme universet? Where is the human who can fully understand God? Hvor er det mennesket som fullt ut kan forstå Gud? And where is the human who can fully understand the history of man or humanity? Och var är det människa som till fulle kan förstå människans historia? If we cannot understand it all, we need to always be seekers to try to find the truth. We will never get the absolute truth, but let's move, let's seek. Och vi kan aldrig få den absoluta fulle sanningen, men låt oss beväga oss och låt oss söka efter det. And I think that if we apply that, if we apply that, we will come a long way towards peace. Och vi gör det så kommer vi till att komma långt på väg till fred. On environment, all religions are starting with Mother Earth and the environment. När det gäller miljö så börjar ju alla religioner med Moder Jord och miljö. What's the color of Islam? Vad är islams färg? It's green. Det är grönt. Why is it green? Varför är det grönt? Well, I believe it is because it originated in the Arab desert. Jag tror det är för att det det startade i den arabiska öknen. In the Arab desert is normally brown or grey because it's a desert. I den arabiska öknen så är det ju stort sett brunt eller grått för det är ju en öken. Where there is green there is water there is life. So green is the color of life or water. Och progress. Där var det grönt, där är det ju vatten och det är liv, så det grönt är färgen till framgång och liv. 
Move on to Hinduism, the, the early Indians, they really venerated Mother Earth. Och uh, vi beveger oss över till hinduismen så um, um, Det dyrket Mother Earth or, Ja, det dyrket Mother Jord. Yeah. And they even took it to the extent that a number of the gods are half human and half animals. Och de tog det till och med dit att att det flera gudarna är er halvt människa och halvt djur. Ganesh is half human and half elephant. Ganesh är er halvt människa och halvt elefant. Hanuman is the king of the monkeys but he's also a god. Hanuman är er, eh, apenes konge men han är er också en gud. So the link between environment and Mother Earth and religion cannot be clearer. Så so kopplingen mellan Mother Jord och religion och miljö kan inte vara klarare. But most of you are Christians. Men de flesta av er är kristna. The Bible starts and ends with environment. Och Bibeln starter och slutter med miljö. In the Genesis where God is creating Mother Earth. I första Mosebok när Gud skapar Mother Jord. He is so satisfied with himself because what he sees is so beautiful. Så er han så förnöjd med sig själv för att det han ser är er så vackert. After 6 days he take a day off. Och efter 6 dagar så tog han en fridag. Because he has created this magnificent mother earth with the humans at the, as the most important. För att han har skapat denna fantastiska moder jord med människa som kronan på verket. And the ends the bible ends when John uh, the apostle is sitting at the Greek island. He has a huge view of the world. It's an enormous flood again nature coming into his mind at this at the end of the Bible. Och på slutet av Bibeln så avslutas det med att uh, Johannes sitter där på den greske öja och um, uh, det är er en stor uh, flodbølge. So wherever you look uh, for environment you have religions front and center and a very inspiring message to protect mother earth. Och när vi ser på så när vi ser på miljön så är er det religion där i centrum och inspirerar till eh till miljö. And all religions tell us that we need to care for others and particularly care for the very poor. Och all religion säger att vi ska bry oss om andra och speciellt att bry oss om de väldigt fattiga. Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, Gandhi, which of course was in a Hindu tradition, he said many, many times that if you want to judge whether a policy is right or wrong. Mahatma please, Gandhi sa att hvis du önskar att bedöma eh, om eh, något är er rätt eller galt. Please look into how it works for the very poor. Var så snill och se på hur detta fungerar för de väldigt fattiga. And Jesus may be even more radical. Och Jesus var kanske ända mer radikal. He says, I mean, it. it, it it's horrible but he says that in the afterlife in heaven there is a divide so deep that no one can pass it så är det ett skille så dypt att ingen kan krysse det on one side you have those people who cared for the poor in this life på ena sidan så har du de som brydde sig om de fattiga i detta livet on the other side of the divide you have those rich people who didn't care for Og poor people. På andra sidan av detta skille så har du de som inte brydde sig om de fattiga. They cannot be a clear message because he told, told us that if you have come to the afterlife there is no more chance to pass that divide. You need to pass it in this life. Och det finns inte något tydligare budskap för att det säger att hvis inte du har krysset över i detta livet så finns det ingen möjlighet att krysa över senare i detta livet. And we all know his clear expression that it's more difficult for the rich young man to get into heaven than it is for a 
camel to pass through the needle's eye. Og vi känner alle dette uttrykket at det er lettere for en rik man å gå gjennom nåløye enn det er... So the message for environment, for peace, and to take care of and uplift the poor is so strong in all religions. That's the positive in all religions which we should build upon. So this message about milieu, milieu, peace. Oh, sorry. Dette budskapet om miljø og fred, det er så viktig i religionene. And if we can forward that, og hvis vi kan få frem det, and at the same time avoid the conflicts between us as humans, og på samme tid unngå konfliktene mellom oss som mennesker, through respect and love, gjennom respekt og kjærlighet, then we have a great future as human beings. Så har vi en fantastisk fremtid som mennesker. Thank you so much. Tusen, tusen takk. <laughs> he would rather hug her than me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. This is tremendous. Thank you. Aina, could you get the, the little gifts we have? You know, I don't know how it is with you, but I enjoy myself when I listen to men like this. With passion, with uh, experience, with boldness. And integrity. And I, I really feel that uh, European Apostolic Leaders has had a historic session today. And probably you don't find this in, in hardly any place. That we actually take time to listen to people representing other religions. That does not mean that we're leaving our faith. I, I believe Jesus, you know, he's the only way to God. It's my conviction. I believe the triune Godhead. Nothing changes that for me. But I sure can listen and respect. And honor such men. So thank you so much to so every one of you. And uh, my wife, Aina, Aina, has arranged for a little chocolate. <laughs> and I don't know if, you can, if you're allowed to eat chocolates. I know Muslims. Actually, I'm really proud too. Three of you are Muslims. Three out of five. I guess I'm very politically incorrect. I must be very politically incorrect. But I am actually very proud that all three of you came. And then... And then in between them, a Hindu, Hindu. From, India. <laughs> from India. And lo and behold, among these <laughs> is a socialist, socialist. who Christian socialist. <laughs> Christian socialist. Come on. This is suspect. <laughs> but I must admit, last night when I was talking about today, you know what I said about you? That man loves me. 
Den mannen elsker mig. And I love him. Og jeg elsker han. So thank you, Eric. Så so, tak, Erik. Aina, now I don't know how the Muslim men handle kisses or uh, hugs. I don't know. So you have to respond the way you want. But she's available for a good hug and a good chocolate. I know the Hindu ambassador. He hugs. That's all. And uh, Eric, you saw it already. So let's uh, stand up and give them a big round of applause. Thank you so much. And I want to say welcome back among us. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Aina, will you give it to them? And then we finish this session. Uh, and... Uh, we, we meet again at 3 o'clock. Go out and get some lunch and relax. And if you want to grab the ambassadors, take them out for coffee if they have time even. Thank you for now. Eternity, mystery behind.